Hey everyone, my name is Chris and welcome to Chris Talks where I talk to people who inspire me and I feel would inspire many others. So this week I'm talking to Joel Yeni about struggles of living on your own, taking your hobby to the next level, competitive smash and the esports teams. But before we get into it, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast or follow my podcast on all streaming platforms. If you enjoyed last week's episode, post it on Instagram and tag me. Feedback is pretty really really appreciated. Hope you guys enjoy. So Joel Yeni, right? Competitive yep. smasher you would say? You you could say that. I, I dabbled in um in Smash um here and there. Um and I still like love the game like to death. Uh-huh. Um and with the upcoming release, like it's renewed my passion to get back into it. So um it, it's kind of funny cuz like starting out um I remember this one Christmas in 2002, I got a GameCube and I got Smash Melee. Yeah. And me and my brother played hours and hours on hours of of that game. Like, to the point where, like, we unlocked Mewtwo in, like, three days. And to do that, you need to play for at least 100 hours. Um, so, yeah, that's where, like, the um, the love for the game started. And, um, like, growing up, I used to, like, be really good in my friend circle. Um, until one day, one of my friends um, was like, hey, you know, my friend probably plays Smash. I'm like, yeah, but I'll, I'll kick his ass. And this, at, at this point, Brawl came out. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yo, I'm the fucking best. You can't mess with me, right? Um, but I went over there, and he scraped me. <laughs> like, to the point where I like I couldn't land hits on him. He was doing combos, stuff like that. And um, when the one for the Wii U came out a couple of years ago, um, that same friend, I ended up linking up with him. He's like, yo, come out to me with some tournaments. And I'm like, all right, cool. And um, that's how I got my start in uh, competitive Smash. Um, but, um, it's, the new one's coming up soon and I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. So pretty much it was just like how everybody who used to play Smash, because the GameCube didn't have online play. It was like, what? Right. The only system that didn't have online play, but everybody loved playing Smash. And the only way you can play Smash is by meeting up with other people. Right. And like actually proving yourself. Yeah. And on top of that, like, my friends were scrubs. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you didn't prepare me for, like, the amount of competition that were out there because once I got into tournaments, I would be losing nonstop. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, nowadays, like, with competitive games, you can go online and just, you know, get all that experience out first before you go to a tournament. Especially, mm-hmm. like, with, like, other fighting games like Street Fighter or Tekken or Mortal yeah. Kombat. Um, from day one, you can go online, you can go on YouTube, watch some um, tutorials, watch some tech, uh, go online, and then like play in online tournaments. What, but back in 2002, like the only tech you had was at school, like when somebody would say, yeah. hey, if you do this 50 times, you get this character, and you don't know if it's a lie or not. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought I, I Sonic was in the game, you know? I, yeah. <laughs> My friends told me if you do put in this certain input in the game, you get Goku. And I was just like, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to pop man, The Stone Ages. Um, I would say, like, the Smash scene now, like, I, I love it. Um, but I haven't been able to play that much. And we'll get to that in a bit. But um, the reason I, I like it so much is because, like, you know, 
it's really hard to make friends as an adult, believe it or not. So going, <laughs> so go, because like in school, like everyone's already there. You're like, already there. You're forced to be there at least for like three years it, or four years. Exactly. And like with coworkers, you, you can be friendly, but you don't want to be friends with your coworkers because that can create problems. So like going and having like a shared interest is really good because that bonds you. That's a type of kinship. Yeah. And going into a tournament, like you could be whoever the hell you want to be. Like my, my gamer tag is goofy. Like, so if I go into a tournament, as soon as I step foot in there, I'm not Joel. I'm, I'm goofy. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> no, I can I be totally get it. any, like anyone I want. And like, you know, you kind of develop these bonds with these people who you're playing against because all of you guys have one common interest and that's to be the best. And you guys can't do that until you guys work together to yeah. be the best. Especially if, like, you're you're trying to be the best for your region. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I love it. It's, it's awesome. So, I mean, I know this because we've known each other for a while. Right. Um, explain what ECW oh is. Oh, <laughs> uh, you had to go there. <sighs> you you're explain. talking about the wrestling nope, federation, nope, right? I'm not talking about wrestling. <laughs> nope. What is this ECW All right. team? All right. Explain so, this to me. I'll explain it. So, um, about a year into the game, me and my friend... Which Smash? Because I want to set like a timeline All right. All right. for this my is, audience. This is, this is Smash Wii U. So, this is like 2015, 2016. Yeah. A year into it, um, you know, we kind of developed like a crew. And like, we would always have sessions. Like every Saturday, every Sunday, we would get together at somebody's house. We would play for hours on end. We would talk about tech, talk about upcoming tournaments um, and stuff like that. But we never had a name for it. And so we were like brainstorming like, hey, like what should we name the, the team? What should we name it? And um, I guess somebody was playing the war that Warriors games that, that was out for like the PS2. Yeah. And we're on the East Coast, and he's like, yo, East Coast Warriors. Like, and we were like, yeah, I mean, that sounds cool. And then um, on top of that, like, usually when you go... So when you go to a tournament, mm -hmm. you can't put your full game attack. So say, for instance, your 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 crew name is like, I don't know, the, the Pink Panthers, right? Yeah. You can't put the Pink Panthers and then your game attack. You have to abbreviate it. So it'd be like, what, PP? Which <laughs> I'm sorry for anyone with that. <laughs> Something like that. So to, to to shorten it, it was ECW, even though that's the same as the Wrestling Federation, but it kind of stuck, and that's how that that, that came to be. Um, we still have a group chat to this day, but um, anywhere anywhere I go, anytime I go into tournament, like I put ECW and then I put Goofy, so that you know if I beat somebody then they know that my abilities came from this one crew yeah um and so, so i don't mean to interrupt you but like explain yeah. that a little bit to me so when you let's say you go to a smash tournament right you put in the, your gamer tag which is like what ecw goofy right right so pretty much if like someone wants to get better they'll like write to you guys or like hit you up or like talk to you and then they'll be like oh uh what do you call it how do you how do you guys get better? Like what tech? They'll ask you for advice and things like that. Right. So it's kind of like it's kind of like repping like a basketball team, like or like mm, I wouldn't say basketball team because that's 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 not a good comparison. I'm trying to think of one, but anyway, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like repping your hometown, right? Like when you go to college or when you go away, somebody asks you where you're from, you're like, oh, I'm from New York. 
Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, you're from New York. And then you tell them about all your experiences and that gets them interested in that place that you're from because of you, right? That's what you're representing. So that's kind of like how it is for like your, your the crew that you have. Um, if I beat somebody, they know I'm from ECW and then they can look up everyone else in ECW and say, okay, not only is there you, but there's this guy who placed at this this um, yeah. this rank, this guy who's at that, that rank. And um, if you work hard enough, then you can get your crew sponsored. And um, that's a really good way of getting income and getting the resources you need to take your game to the next level. Because not only is your sponsor backing you with, you know, venue fee and tournament fee, but they're also, you know, helping you out with travel and hotel and stuff like that um, so that you can really get your name out there. And then that's how you kind of like work your way up in the esports um, arena. But for Smash, for, for Smash, at least, um, the only thing that I would say is that um, so Smash Brothers was made by a company called Nintendo. And Nintendo is kind of like your grandfather in the the living room who just keeps rocking back and forth like you love him to death but he doesn't listen to you at all like he doesn't know when to go to bed <laughs> like he's up at four o'clock in the morning making food no one knows why like nintendo are those crazy uncles or crazy grandfathers in your living room because um they'll do stuff and you don't know why like um for instance um there was a uh there was a fundraiser for Melee to come back to EVO, which is like the biggest tournament. Um, a fighting tournament. Fighting tournament Correct. of the year. Kind of like the Super Bowl for fighting yeah. games. Um, and, you know, Smash Melee hasn't been there for God knows how long, but they raised about hundred over $120,000 for breast cancer. And literally the day before, Nintendo was like, nope, you can't, you can't stream it. You can't, there's our game, you can't use it. And everyone's like, well, we raised money for this. Like, you know, like we're passionate about this and like petition and stuff like that. Eventually, Nintendo did come around and was like, okay, fine, you can use it. But they didn't do it until there was backlash. And so the same goes for like their games today, like with Smash 4. Like if you look at Street Fighter, um, Capcom backs that game. Like they'll put in pop bonuses. That basically means that you can enter a tournament and Capcom will put in a lot of money to entice more people to enter the tournament yeah. so the winner can come away with upwards of one grand, two grand. Yeah. Nintendo won't do anything like that. And and that's one of the reasons uh, why do, Smash 4 is struggling. Yeah, but do you understand? Like, they're, they're a family company. They're like, I'm going to make a game that your family can play, that you're going to love for generations. They don't make games or, like, make games to be competitive. Because I, I think I used to play the Pokemon competitive scene, but the thing about it was if you play Pokemon cards, like the TCG, mm -hmm. uh, if you top, if you were under a certain age and you top the event, they wouldn't give you cash prizes. They would give you scholarships. And medals. And medals. So like, it was just like, they're not, they're not trying to do that. They're trying like not support the tournament scene. Like they're not trying to do cash prizes. They're just trying to make a family oriented thing. So... I understand, like, why. Right. But I, I would agree with you if they were only about family. They were only about that. But that's not the case because of the fact that um, Melee came out for the GameCube, right? Correct. Um, and then when Brawl came out, that was for the Wii. And then and for the Wii, you could connect your GameCube controllers into the Wii, right? So when the Wii U came around, 
and Smash 4 came out, they literally made an external device that you can buy to still use those same GameCube controllers. So it's not like they are turning a blind eye to the competitive Smash scene, because they could have just said, you know, use any controller. Like, we have like three different controllers that, that match up with this. Why not use those? <clears throat> they wanted to cater to the hardcore scene, but they're kind of one foot in, one foot out of where, you know, they'll hold an invitational with the top players, but then they won't, um, you know, advertise or cater to the competitive scene, even though these are like the most diehard Nintendo fans you can ever meet, you know? Um, so that, that's kind of frustrating because it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of like getting neglected by your, your grandfather in the, in the fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to run that analogy into the ground. <laughs> no, no, I totally get it. It's just, I don't know, I just feel you can't really give a 35, like you, they don't want to give a 35-year-old who's really good at Smash or like a top player in Smash Yeah. $50,000. I, I guess, but like... If these are the people who are playing your game every day, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like... Because, again, like, if, um, uh, I'm going to give you an example. Okay. Every, every, uh, we've had this conversation about why I didn't get the Switch. I mean, I got a deal on why I got the Switch. Okay. But there aren't very hardcore games or violent games on the Switch. Yeah, and that, and, and the so, reason for that... Mm -hmm. Is because, like, again, like, Nintendo, like, they're geniuses, but they can also be, like, the most, like, frustrating company in the world because it's, like, I, I feel like once the Wii came out, everything changed because the Wii, like, the Wii was, like, selling, like, hotcakes. Like, yeah. Oprah was, like, buy the Wii and, like, they yeah. were at nursing homes and, like, everywhere. Like, the Wii school, was fantastic, yes. It sold 99 million copies. It broke records, like... And Nintendo was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe we can do this again. But by the time they tried to do it again, that's when the mobile phone market was booming. Everyone was playing Candy Crush. Everyone was playing um, Subway Dash or whatever yeah. and, and Clash of Clans. And no one wanted to buy a $300 system to waggle the Wiimote anymore because that fad was done. Uh, but I feel like Nintendo is still trying to capture that casual market because that's what made them so much money. And, and and sometimes they do leave the hardcore people in the dust who grew up with these games and like have an undying passion for it. Um, and and that's, that's one of the reasons why like the Smash 4 community is struggling is because they're not getting backed by Nintendo and, and, and even Melee. I mean, recently, yes, Nintendo has been backing you know, Evo and, and, and all these other circuits or whatever. Um, but I, I feel that was that's just because, you know, their new game is coming out soon, so they want to plaster their... Their, their, their game so their everyone game can buy Yeah, it. so everyone's like, oh, okay, the new one. Um, also, like, uh, something about, like, esports that, like, I love. Well, that that's really hard, right? I, I feel like it's really hard to stay consistent because the game changes so much. Like... Take, you know, basketball, right? Kobe Bryant. He was, like, dominant for X amount of years because the game of basketball doesn't change. It, it doesn't change that often. 
Yeah, okay. Like, it, it stays no, the game. It, you know the, the rules are always the same. Whereas something like, like, like Smash 4 or Street Fighter or even if we go into other genres like Overwatch, like, there are patches every couple of months. So your character or your play style can either get nerfed or buffed depending on how the company feels. And so it's really hard to stay consistent because you have to keep changing and adapting to the game. Whereas something like basketball has been around for like a hundred years and you, you know, to shoot the thing in the court and you know, Mm -hmm. um, so that's why, like, that's why, like, I, um, you know, I've, I've kind of stayed straight away from like, you know, going in because like doing like, um, a video game hobby where you go to tournaments is a very expensive hobby. Like, you don't just show up at somebody's house and then you play. That's not it. Like, tournaments cost money. Like, you have to pay to get in, first off, which is... Well, you have to pay to get there. Right, you have to pay to get there. You have to pay to get in. You have to pay for for each tournament you enter. So, if I get in, I can't just play anything I want. I have to get in, then I have to pay for, you know, singles. I have to pay for doubles. I have to pay for, you know, a different game that might be there. Correct. Um, and so if you do the math, like usually that'll cost you like $20 venue and tournament fee. If you do like three tournaments a week, that's $60 a week. Like that's, that's not nothing to laugh about, you know? And especially if you're not coming in the top three, you're not getting any of that money back. Correct. So, um, it's, it's very unsustainable because not only does the game change so rapidly, but also there's a, there's no barrier to entry. Anybody can go in. So, you know, even if the top of top players are there, you know, somebody's grandma who, who've been kicking ass for like five years in Arizona can show up and take everybody's money and leave. So that's also a problem that, that, that is apparent because anybody can go. But I, 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 maybe it's just me. I wouldn't understand the issue with that. Because what if a big, like, are you supposed to just, if somebody's a well-known player, you're supposed to just stop them at the door and be like, you can't play in the tournament? Well, that that's that's not that's not what I'm saying. Okay. I, I I feel like there are a lot of gatekeepers, and and this this word is used a lot in like competitive scene, and and what that means is that you know they're not the top players, they're kind of like the middle ground players, but they stop all of the people who want to get in and kind of face those top players from playing those top players. Mm. So those gatekeepers will go to all the tournaments, and if you can't beat them, you can't advance to the next round to get the real competition. And so, like, it's it's really hard for somebody, like, say, if you wanted to get into Smash tomorrow, yeah, you can go down to your local tournament, but I bet you you won't make it past round two because of the same people who go every tournament and who have the time and resources to do that rather than someone who, you know, has... Have, I'm not saying they don't have responsibilities in work, because they probably do, but they have more time to devote to the game than other people. And that mixed with the fact that the game isn't a sustainable way of making money unless you're sponsored or unless you're marketable, then it's a recipe for a hobby that, you know... But that means that those people are just really passionate and are willing to spend their money on the game, isn't it? Because if you think about it, it's just... All right, let's say I, let's say me for example. Right. I start playing Smash. Uh-huh. I go to Smash tournaments and I lose. Every like let's say all the time every time I go I spent the money. Yeah. But if I have love for the game and I plan on getting better, like I'll put in the practice and I'll put in the time to get better at the game. So like 
sooner or later, I'm going to get better and I'm going to beat those gatekeepers and get to that point where I can play better competition and top mm-hmm. players. And then once I play those top players, then I can see what I can improve on. But isn't it like more of like the passion that you have towards the game that keeps you going, that keeps you wanting to spend those $60? Like you don't even have to spend the $60, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like, isn't it like the passion that you have for the game that you want to get better and you want to get to like, okay, I finally won this tournament. Right. Now I'm going to get better to the next one. So when the next one happens, if this player decides to show up, I'm going to be there and he's going to play me in the finals. And then everybody start going to recognizing me as mm-hmm. like one of the top players in my area. Then I'll go to like somewhere else. But like the planet, you open, like you never start off like at the best. Right. Of course. That, that's what like, that goes you, without saying. You can't, you have to lose money to make money. Mm-hmm. So that's like, isn't it like, again, like those people are just passionate. That's all it is. I would say like, that's the way how I feel about it. Like that's the yeah. way it sounds to me. Yeah. But that like, I like that would be true if there were, if every tournament wasn't just a bar- there, there was no barrier to entry, which, which is true. Like if you take any other sport, like soccer, for example, you can't just wake up and then go to the world cup and play. Correct. You have to there. There are steps that you have to take to get to that level to play with those players at that caliber, Correct. right? But something like Evo, anybody can join. Like anybody, like a two year old can fucking join if if it was legal. Probably not. But you know what I'm saying. Like anybody can go in and, and join. And so I, I feel that I don't know. I just feel like that kind of dilutes the experience. I mean, I I do have love for the fact that you can get in at any time and go and play and stuff like that, but. Um, every tournament, I feel, um, like, I don't know, I, I feel like the, the experience, like, is taken away from that little bit of mystery. You don't know who the hell you're playing at all, so you can't do any research on, like, you know, okay, I'm playing this guy, so let me go and watch some YouTube videos and see who he plays so I can counterpick, because when you go to a tournament, you're playing James McGee, and you don't know where he's from or what he's gonna do, you know? Yeah. Um. So that 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 that's what I'm referring to with like the unsustainability because the amount of mystery that you have when you go to a tournament. No, don't get me wrong. It's exhilarating as hell when you yeah. beat a player that you don't even know how they rank or like who they play and stuff like that. But um, because that probably must be the most exciting thing. You're thinking he's a nobody. You just yeah. beat a nobody. And then one of your friends comes up to you and you're like, he's top 500 in Japan. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the hobby is expensive, dude. And, and not only expensive in the way of money, but expensive in the way of time. Because you do have to devote time to training. Correct. And, um, and that goes with any sport, of course, but... Like it's it's difficult when you when you have when you want to um, not only like sustain that but sustain yourself. Like I, I feel I feel personally it's hard to do that. And I know we've had this conversation of like, <laughs> you know, you should have your nine to five, but after your nine to five, you should be working on your dreams. Yes. and that is I I <laughs> I I completely understand that, um, but. I don't know, like looking, look outside, looking in, like for me, because the the game is unsustainable as it is, like, and because the game changes all the time, there's so many, and I didn't even get like talk about the amount of 
different characters. There's like 50 something characters in the game. Correct. So yeah. there's a different matchup for every character. Like I could be the best Mario in the game, but if I lose to Sonic 70% of the time, that doesn't matter. And then I have to play a new character. And there's like, there's a lot of variables in it. So like, no, I totally get that. And I completely understand that. Okay. But all right. I just, I'm just speaking from like my own experience. Overwatch. Yes. I pay okay. attention to Overwatch. I pay attention to all the patch notes. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I'm passionate about Overwatch. I don't really get to watch a lot of player streams. Yeah. Like I have my own favorite players. I have like my own favorite team. But the thing is, I pay attention to the patch notes. So when I decide to play the game, or like I decide, like I want to know what's going on and what's my best thing to do, yeah, and how I can get better. Mm-hmm. And I feel maybe you should do that for Smash because. Yeah. You're clearly passionate about Smash. Yeah, you I love know, this fucking game. You, know <laughs> you walked in and I was fucking playing. <laughs> but um, it's just, it's all about your passion and figuring out your time. I would recommend, this is what I would tell you. Okay. I have, like, there are video game podcasts, but if I was you, if you want to, like, talk about something that you're passionate about, like Smash, start, start a, a Smash, Smash podcast. podcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> or not even that, like, like because, yeah. I, like again, like I, 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 I haven't done this. I am passionate about Overwatch, but I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't take it to the next that, level. That level, right? But like, there's different ways of figuring out how to support your passion. Yeah. Within the world, so I'm just saying. I'm just talking. Yeah, yeah. Just give an insinuation. Why don't you start streaming? Start mm. doing YouTube videos and explanations. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just all about doing it and getting it out there. Yeah. And I, w- I would totally recommend that because you uh, you, you really sound like you're passionate. I, I could go on for days. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing that I want you to do. Yeah. Because we've spoken about this, like, doing your dreams. Like, what's stopping you right now from learning how to stream for your Switch? Instead of entering tournaments since you're really passionate about it. Yeah. Like... Buy the equipment so you can stream. Then once you learn how to stream, yeah. you, you make that better. Once you get that to a certain point, mm-hmm. then you can start making YouTube videos. Yeah. And then, like, you can just... It, it's all about just doing it and getting it and, there. And getting better at it. Yeah. Like, using using Smash as, like, my gateway drug into the world of social media and streaming and, and YouTube yes. and stuff like that. I see what you're saying. Because what's... Sto- like, literally, what's stopping you... Like, what? let's say once we're done with this, what's stopping you... From getting to like stream Smash right now, yeah. like you can you can set up your times, you can it can work around your work schedule, right? And then that's another income for you. And then like at the beginning, it won't be an income; it's gonna be like a burden, right? But you're passionate about it, so there's no reason why you wouldn't want to invest money into mm-hmm. it. And then later on in life, you never know because uh, you might end up being the ninja of Smash. <sighs> <laughs> And then when you show up at tournaments, people are gonna be like, "Oh, group ECW Goofy's here," and then they're gonna be, they're, everybody's right. gonna be scared. You I'm just saying, like, gassing I, the I mean, OD. <laughs> you, I, you can say I'm gassing it, but like, at what point do, like, how do you know you'll get there and you'll be there if you haven't started? That's true. That's true. That's true. I mean, I'm also like a sore loser, like. <laughs> to the extreme like I will not stop playing unless I at least get like a couple of W's off of you mm-hmm. so then you can't say I bust like you bust my ass like mm-hmm. nah I had some wins you know um it, it, funny story like in uh, second grade I was like top 16 in chess for my whole elementary school and um we had to play like different games every week 
and I think it was like week three, I played somebody and I got destroyed and I got, I went from top 16 to top 32 and they took my picture off of the wall and I <laughs> wait, I, I cried and I never came back. Like, like that's how, like, I mean, I'm better with it now. I'm not going to cry if I go to smash and I lose, yeah. but I just, I just dislike losing with a passion. So like to know that like, you know, there was a certain point where I was getting better and then I kind of plateaued because the time that I was putting in was not amounting to the effort and the results that I wanted Mm -hmm. um, kind of frustrated me. So, so yeah, I do have a love or hate relationship with the game on top of the fact that um, not to, you know, not to, not to uh, rag on myself, but I don't play like a top tier character. Like I, I play a mid, a mid middle tier character and that's because that's my decision. But you know, what works for me is not what works for the next person. So mm-hmm. someone else can use less amount of skill with a higher tier character to defeat my character who I poured a lot of time into. And that's frustrating too. Um, but no, I, I mean, I've been playing the game for for years and I, I, I continue to play. You know, Ultimate's coming out in two months, I believe, and I've I'm thinking about going to the midnight fucking release just <laughs> for the experience. Like, that's that's just crazy to me. I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I'll be the ninja of YouTube. I I, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. So, um, alright. So explain to me mm-hmm. how some like I we I want to talk about like your struggles. Okay. Of, like how your job gets in the way of you taking smash to the next level right so like go ahead ahead. okay all right so i got i got into competitive smash summer of 2015 and when i was first introduced into competitive smash like i was so like wide-eyed i was so excited to go to every tournament but like i said before you know money is um, a vehicle in the competitive scene like you can't go to tournaments if you don't have the cash to get there if you can't go into the venue you know stuff like that um, so at first I didn't have a job. I was just asking my mom for money and my mom got kind of got tired of that because I would ask her like every week, Hey, can I get 20? Can I get 40? Can I get 50? You know? So, um, I kind of threw myself into a job. I got a job at Dwayne Reed. Um, and like that was able to kind of support my need for smash. Like after work, I would go and play and stuff like that. Um, I saved up to get a Wii U, although I never got one, but, like, that was on my mind, too. Like, that's how passionate I was about it. Like, my first check was, like, I wasn't going to buy clothes. I wasn't going to buy, you know, a a phone. I was going to buy a Wii U, and I was going to start labbing and practicing. Um, You know, but, you know, life happens, and and things change. So, um, I I was still at my job at Dwayne Reed, and um, what ended up happening was at... Like, while I was working, um, three or four people quit. So, not only was I the new person, but now I have been picking up all these shifts. I have to, like, go to sleep early. To, to I have to close, to open. Like, work kind of got, like, became my life. So, Smash wasn't something that I was, like, pursuing all that much. Because I was worried about, you know, getting money and stuff like that. And, like, competitive smash for me kind of became 
my job. Like my job was my my competitive smash because I was trying to work my way up. I was trying to do anything I can do to make money to you know please my boss, my superiors, um, and I ended up uh, getting a job at Fidelis right after. And that job was very demanding um, mentally because I was sitting at, I, I, all of a sudden I went from like a retail setting where, you know, I'm talking to customers and stuff like that to sitting in a gray cubicle on the phone, nonstop, typing like crazy, meeting quotas, sending emails. And it, it kind of became like, I kind of lost sight of my the reason why I kind of got a job was to support my hobbies and and because I I threw myself into my career I didn't have time for that I did have time for it but in my mind the only thing that was on my mind was my job so I would only and at that time when I got the job at um, Fidelis at in the office cubicle on the weekends I was still working at Dwayne Reed because you know the grind never stops yeah, of course <laughs> so I was working seven days a week nonstop, like to the point where every two weeks I would call out of my new job to make take a mental health day to recharge for the next day because I didn't have any days off. Yeah. So I couldn't fit Smash into my schedule, you know, and um, uh, by that point, I kind of like fell out of the loop with everything. I stopped following everything. And um, even though I still have love for the game, I kind of just only limited my time to the game with my crew. Like I didn't go to tournaments anymore. I didn't I didn't watch streams. I didn't watch YouTube videos. I just played with my friends who they and they did that and they came back and reported to me and we kinda like, you know, had that bonding session and then I went back to work. Um Yeah, I mean I I, I do regret it because I, I feel like I've missed out like on a lot of like, you know, opportunities and like like, I, I look forward to going to tournaments because you never know who you're going to meet and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. um, that is a regret of mine. But I, I did kind of just lost sight of that while throwing myself into my career and trying to um, make a way for me to, like, live on my own and stuff like that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want to talk more about, like, that. Yeah. But, I mean, you led into it. Yeah. So... Let's talk about, like, well, all right, I want to okay. talk about, I really want to do it. Okay, but, go ahead, go ahead. Because I was like, ah. Oh, <laughs> you oh, got God. me started. <laughs> but it's never too late, like, to do something that you love. Like, you, you finally figured it out. You have, like, a stable job. Mm -hmm. And, like, you can afford to now live by yourself. Right. So, like, again, like I said previously before, why don't you start putting some of your money in investing into yourself and into smash into yeah. any way that you like because again you are very passionate like, <laughs> yeah. like again you're you're passionate about it so what's stopping you what's stopping you from doing it now like now that you don't have the two jobs now that income isn't a problem anymore right what are we are we going to see more are we going to see a a, a goofy stream are we <laughs> are we going to get to that point because that's what i that's uh, i don't know but like that that really got me like hyper hyped for it. Yeah. Cause it's just like, all right, you told me why you couldn't do it and you were working seven days and you needed time for yourself. Right. But when are you going to like start pushing out more Smash content? When are you going to put out like, oh look, look at this new convo I made and right. stuff like that? 
That's that like I don't I, I mean no I I, I, get, I get what you, you're saying because I, I I do have like that passion for it and like yeah like I told you life got in the way I kind of you know but now life isn't my, in the way yeah yeah life isn't in the way right now so it definitely it is a possibility um and I like I plan on going hard when this game comes comes out but it, it just depends on like whether or not I I fall in love again with with like the twenty game because like. Like I said, like when I when I first got into it, it was like a drug. Like I was always going to tournaments. I was always like searching out top players. I was I made an account on like a forum. Like I went on Reddit. Like I would watch YouTube videos nonstop, Twitch, all the whole nine yards. But yeah. like as time went on, I was just like, you know, I'm not getting the results I desire. I don't have the time that everyone else has to get as good as everyone does Mm -hmm. you know yeah i have a crew but it's not like a sponsored crew or like a well-known crew with connection networks it's kind of just my friends so i like there's a lot going against me in in that regard so like that's why i kind of shut down but i i i totally get what you're saying like that you cannot do that you have to keep going so can i ask you this like i'm i'm not trying to interrupt i'm sorry yeah no you're good but um are the people around you pushing you to push out like smash content or telling you other ways to doing these things? Because again, like you, if you guys are passionate so, about smash, yeah. your so friends should also be here, doing these things. Here's the thing, right? With, with like ECW and um, like my smash group, right? We're all like, you know, balls to the wall about smash. We love smash, right? Yeah. So what would end up happening is like, um, somebody in the crew would be like, hey, there's a tournament in, I don't know, Boston next week. We should all go, right? Everybody would be like, yeah, that's a good idea. That's such a good idea. That's so great. I can't wait. Let's practice, you know, like, let's do this. Like, take a medical bus. We can get a car, blah, 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 right? When the time comes to actually act upon these wishes, everyone backs out. So it's like, you know, people talk about, hey, let's go go to this this tournament, let's go to that tournament, let's do this, let's do that. But the the plan the plans never actually like you know, come to fruition. And and, and that's kind of like a morale like drainer because it's like you're looking forward to not only going to a city that you've never been to or yeah. going to a place that you can't like you don't just go there and play Smash and that's it like you can go to Boston you can see the, the sites you can go yeah, to bars you can go to museums especially like Evo are you kidding it's in Vegas like after you're done losing probably you can go and you can gamble you can go to strip club you can go on the strip you can go to the bars hotels yeah. rooftop like it's like limitless but like once people actually want to do something, it's like a morale drainer because like you you make plans and then everyone is like yeah they hype you up and then once you come just like nah I can't go I'm sorry man and 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 that that makes you not want to venture outside of your comfort zone because you kind of want to do it with your crew because it'll be easier but your crew is not willing to go with you. So that, all right, I'm, 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 so you're going to tell me to drop my crew. Yes. <laughs> drop them. Drop them niggas right now. Like they're cool. You can talk about smash. Drop them niggas right now. You're not going to tell me we're passionate about this game. And you're not going to tell me that 
if I said, like, oh, man, it really, it, that really upsets me. But, no, but, like, okay, so I, I don't know, I, I'm, I've only listened to, like, a couple of podcasts. I don't know if you talk about yourself, but did, I know you used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! competitively, right? Yes, yes. This is true. So, did you have, like, a crew, like a Yu-Gi-Oh! crew? Yes. That, and well, were they all pushing and were like, okay, let's so, go here, let's go here, let's do this. So, let's I'll, get better together. I'll explain, I'll explain. Because yes. this is, the, um... This is one of the reasons why I stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Um, the, um, I couldn't afford to go to like all the major events. I can only go to events New in the Jersey, tri-state yeah, area. So like New Jersey, Connecticut, anything in like the northern like area. Yeah. Um, what I used to do was I wanted to get better. Yeah. I wanted to play all the time, so I would go to all the tournaments on the weekdays mm-hmm. that were in New York City. So I would go to Brooklyn, I would go to Queens, I would go to like any anywhere you think. Right. The Bronx, everywhere. Anywhere accessible. Any t- anything that had like I just had a Metro card. So pretty much it was <laughs> Metro card tournament entry. Yeah. I want to get better. Uh-huh. I want to know what's wrong with my deck. I was telling people to do that, they didn't want to do that. But then I was just like, okay, I'm doing all this practice and I'm getting better. Right. But now because I'm doing all this practice, I can't afford to go to big tournaments. Right. Then the people in my crew, they would go to big tournaments, okay. but they wouldn't win. Yeah, because they weren't practicing. Correct. So I was just like, what am I supposed to do? I can't afford to do this. Mm-hmm. So I decided to like take a chill and then try to go to like one last tournament. And I did okay, but I like there's like there's self mistakes that I've done. Right. There's other mistakes that I've done within like when I was playing. Like, mm-hmm. you know how if you're playing Smash, you, you hit a button by accident yeah, and, and you didn't mean to over. do it and yeah. it's all over. Yeah. It's like that. So I was just like, you know what? I've invested all this time, all this money into it. Yeah. And I feel like the people around me aren't doing it to the max. Right. So I said, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to focus on the things that I like mm-hmm. and the things I want to do. So I started focusing more on like photography videos and learning more about that yeah. instead of learning more about Yu-Gi-Oh. So you, because you didn't have that support system, your crew didn't like push you to venture out, you took that passion and, and, and reinvested it into, you know, photography, yep. videography, mm-hmm. and now podcast. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, you, if you're passionate about Smash and you're, you're, like, your crew isn't telling you other ways of making income for something that you're you're proud of like if someone's telling you like you you clearly know about smash you go on forums you do all of these things right. if your friends are also doing the same thing and they're knowledgeable why don't you start a youtube like everybody can start their own individual youtube channel and then if you if you you learn how to do thumbnails it's not that hard you just look it up yeah you can learn how to do thumbnails. yeah, yeah maybe you can, online yeah so like what's stopping you from doing your passion there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing it. And if those people aren't seeing those things, why surround yourself with people who aren't helping you and making you better? Mm. Like, I get it. We're friends and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if we talk about your roommate, like, the job that he was at previously wasn't helping him become better right. uh, as a person or, like, income-wise. Mm. So he decided to leave that job, get a better job, yeah. do something that he's passionate about, right. and get better income and do something that he likes and then he's going to start doing something else more that he likes. Right. So I I feel that though like I feel I took the passion that I had for like the Smash community and competitive and, Smash 
and reinvested it into my career and my yeah and no my, no my I, work. you you clearly can see that hear that yeah because you told me that you had to you you worked two jobs yeah and you were just worried about making money money making money, right. making money. yeah of and, and 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 now like I I no longer work at any of those jobs and I work at a better job getting paid more than those two jobs combined right. and that's the struggle of living in New York City yeah <laughs> it, it, oh god <laughs> <laughs> those that segment was oh, amazing god. um. <laughs> Yeah, man, like, let me tell you something, right? If you have, anybody listening, if you have the ability to live with your parents and it's, it's not a toxic environment and, you know, you're eating good, ride it to the wheels fall off because, like, living on your own or, like, looking for a place is so fucking hard, especially in, in New York City, um, because of the fact that the um, apartments cost so much, um, like not only that, but like to get started, not you, you don't just need rent, but you need security deposit. Yeah. You need your broker's fee. And then even after that you need furniture, where the hell are you gonna sleep? Then you need food, then you need like, you know, curtains, like and it's just like a lot of money that you have to spend. And, you know, looking back like three years ago when I was at Dwayne Reed, those $300 checks, let me tell you, they lasted me, like, I would stretch it out, like, months and months on end. But, like, now, like, I look back at that, and that's, nothing, like, that's nothing. That's, like, what am I supposed to do? If I get $300 in a check, then I'm smacking somebody right now. <laughs> because, I like, I can't do anything with that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I, I feel like, I don't know, man, like, if you look at any other county in New York State, like, if you go up upstate, and you know, you've been upstate. Yeah. Albany, Syracuse, Buffalo. Like, you can get a one-bedroom apartment for $500 a month. Like, $500 a month. Like, that's insane. Like, if you come down to New York City, you can't even get a room with that. Like, like a room, rooms down here cost like $900, $1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's that's crazy to me. Like I, I don't know why like housing is so much like you know especially in in like places like the Bronx. Like the Bronx is like one of the poorest freaking counties in like America or in in, in New York State for that matter. Um, and yet the the rent is comparable to stuff in, in like Harlem and, and Lower East Side and and, and Brooklyn and, and stuff like that. And and so I I, don't, I just don't understand like the disconnect. Um, on top of the fact that, you know, minimum wage is only $13 an hour. It's going up to 15 But, like, if you do the math, that's you're not making that much every two weeks to suffice to live on your own. And, and, and it's causing people to, you know, not only stay with their parents longer than they're supposed to, but, like, stay in toxic relationships with maybe a girlfriend that may be paying rent or maybe, like, you know, staying in relationships with like their brothers and sisters who may be helping and paying rent so like it, it, it just it, it's it's awful and i'm i'm so lucky that i climbed my way up in my trade to live comfortably with somebody like my roommate who i trust and who i grew up with um because not everybody has that luxury um and so like i i feel like it is valuable to you know go into a career that will bring home the the money so that you can <laughs> not live in a shoe closet. Um no, I totally get it because I mean, I I be, I be struggling. Yeah, <laughs> I right? Be struggling. It's hard out there in these streets. But and like 
like when I was younger, I was just like, you know, rent is probably like a hundred dollars a month. Like I'll be fine. And like growing up, you tell yourself, okay, by 21, I want to do this. I want to have this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be able to do this. And you get to that age and you're like, I don't have shit. Like, like, mm-hmm. wh- like this is not what I planned. You know, like what the fuck? Um, but you figured it out. You like, as you grew, you figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. There was a lot of pitfalls. Like, when I started, so I, I started at Dwayne Reed, I, I was making minimum wage, right? Like, this was three years ago, so minimum wage was about $9 an hour, which oh was nothing. Like, but I was so glad, every time I got those paychecks, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, you know, gonna spread it out, like, I'm not gonna spend all of it, you know, and it was, mm-hmm. like, nothing. The minute I got the job at um, Fidelis Care, um, I went up from minimum wage to a salary position with benefits. And, and yeah, it was the low end, but it was something. And I started to realize that once I did that, and once my family found out that like every week, oh, hey, Joe, can I get money for this? Can I get money for that? Mm. I need money for this. And because I wasn't used to how, like I, I was not used to handling that money. Like I, I had just been working at Dwayne for a year. So I had a big pay increase. Um, I was just like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, you can have it, blah, 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 right? And then I started looking at my wallet and be like, hold up. Now I don't have, you know, now I can't enjoy my money that I worked hard for. And I had to start making the conscious decision of saying no. Um, I will say that, like, you know, my family did get creative because when I started cutting my brothers off, like, it would be like, oh, hey, I know you don't have it, but, you know, um, I got an interview coming up every Thursday. Oh, I have an interview coming up. I need to shape up in some slacks. And I'm like, oh, interview? Maybe he's going to get a job now. Nice. All right, here's $40. Here's $60. Go ahead. But then I started to realize, how many, how many interviews do you have every two weeks? Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> you could use the same slacks from last week <laughs> that you just bought, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've had to learn the hard way that, like, you know, the money you work hard for is yours and you shouldn't let anybody feel guilty on like the way you spend it. And once I got the job that I'm at currently, I was very conservative with my money. Like I, every paycheck I, I like, you know, put away 70% to savings. Um, like every paycheck because I, I was so bent on getting out of my mom's house and getting my own place and actually becoming like, like becoming a man, you know, and and not to say the people who don't have their own pieces aren't men. That's not what I'm saying at all. But it, like for me, it was it was uh, a milestone that I wanted to surpass. Yeah. Um, and I attribute it to growing up with little to nothing, with hand me downs, with like, you know, always wanting what somebody else has and not being able to get it. Um, but it, I'm telling you, it's it's hard. If like. If I was still at Dwayne Reed, I'd probably still be at my mom's, you know? Yeah. Probably still be getting mentally abused by customers, too, but... Uh, <laughs> no, I definitely know what you mean. Yeah. Because, well, technically, I'm still at my parents' house. Right. And my plan isn't to rent or lease because I don't want to do that. I want to buy a co-op. Okay. And then I have to take out a mortgage for that. Mm-hmm. And that, like, once I'm done paying off that mortgage... The place is mine, but I'm paying for maintenance of the building. Right. So pretty much is like, um, like taking care of the building, and mm-hmm. then if and if I have like a parking garage or anything like that, I'm also paying for that. Right. Like maintenance is pretty much like electricity, everything like that. Right. So like that's the plan. That's my plan is save up so I can get a mortgage so I can 
by the apartment. Yeah. Because I don't really need a house. I just need like a two bedroom yeah, apartment. A place to live. And and let me tell you something too. Like when you work full time and you get your own place, like you're not gonna be able to be at you 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 will not fully enjoy that place like you think in your mind. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, when I get my own place, I'm gonna be lit. I'm gonna watch everything I want. I'm gonna do whatever I want. But I'm like, oh wait. I have to keep going to work to keep this <laughs> like this place. Like I can't just quit. Like this is not just it, you know. So like, yeah, I have my own place, but like I'm at work forty hours a week, you yeah. know. So when I come home, I'm tired. I cook. I go to sleep. That's it, you know. But it, it's so good just to have that feeling of okay, I don't have to deal with no nobody screaming at me, no bullshit. Yeah, I can just come home, do whatever the fuck I want, and go to sleep. That's it. Um. But, like, there's a lot of stuff that I, I feel like, you know, growing up that I, I would have been taught so I can get to this point in life faster. Like, credit? Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, no one told me that the shit I did six years ago was going to affect what I'm, like, you know, what I'm trying to do now. Like, yeah. And, and, and especially, like, when you're renting or, or trying to get a mortgage or trying to get a car, like, they look at every little thing on your credit score and, and that affects essentially like like you're branded with these fucking numbers that you didn't ask for and that you have to pay to look at yeah like it's mm-hmm. ridiculous but that's just the way it is and i wish that you know maybe in high school that there was like a, an option to take that class at least an option because all i know is that you know the pythagorean theorem um the freaking <laughs> i know like hamilton to be or not to be and i know that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell like i don't know any of this this grown men shit or this, this adult shit you know yeah um but but yeah i mean housing in new york city is a problem and even for like the people who um are trying to get section eight or trying to get into projects so they can have something there are wait lists upon wait lists. Like, affordable housing is out there, but there's a lottery to get it. Like, are you kidding me? The people mm-hmm. who need it the most have to play a lottery to get it? Like, where the fuck are they going to sleep? And then and then you, um, you know, you give tickets out for people who sleep on the train. It's like, what? where am I going to go? <laughs> yep. Where the fuck am I going to go? It's, it's, it's outrageous. I, I don't know what... I, I, I don't have the answer to what what can be fixed in this situation but I, I feel it's a that it's a I feel that you know yeah especially in New York City like I feel like they they, they, they look a, a different way and they don't care like it's not my problem but what what exactly like uh, I, I'm not gonna get into like politics because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know enough about me, it me either I'm just I'm, I'm yeah. talking on my ass I'm, the only thing I know is well by my neighborhood there's like these two buildings being constructed and uh-huh. they're like affordable housing okay like the most I believe that they can do is just make more affordable housing. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But it's kind of hard because New York City is a tourist attraction. It is, and and but like my thing is, you know, rent in Manhattan that makes sense. Like if you're living like right next to the Statue of Liberty, which is impossible. <laughs> but if you know if it's right there, like, you yeah, that, pay pay your five thousand dollars for the fucking view of water that you can see online. Whatever, I don't give a fuck. But why is it that I'm, like, you know, you're living on a street with, like, rats and shit, and it's still, like, like a leg no, and an I arm, yeah, you know? Like, that money is not going towards, you know, fixing up the street, fixing mm-hmm. up the building, you know? Like, you have to literally scream at... I had to, like, 
yell at management for to, to fix a doorknob that should have been fixed three weeks ago. And I'm paying all this goddamn money. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's outrageous. It, it's ridiculous. And I, I, I just don't understand why, like, you know, places neighboring the tourist attractions are so high. Make, you know, where the Yankee Stadium is. Make that high. Make the shit where the Botanical Garden and the Bronx do high. But everything else, leave alone. Why the fuck is... Who's going to Castle Hill? Why is that so damn high? I mean, it's all about <laughs> location is key. Uh, I but guess. We're but not going to talk about that. <laughs> we're going to leave that as is. Because then we're going to get... We're getting way off the side. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's nice living on my own. It's nice. It's a uh, good change of pace. All right. So... I mean, you kind of answered this already before. Okay. But you told me about how Nintendo doesn't listen to their fan base. No, the fuck they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. So, there's this, this this one game, right? It's called Splatoon. I'm sure you've heard of it. Yes. Um, it's basically like Nintendo's answer to, like, the Call of Duty. Um, but it's like, you know, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a different. Yeah, yep. they, they're doing paint. They're shooting paint. They're, they're ink, ink kids. Um, in, in this game, you play with three other strangers, and you guys have to work together to, you know, a common objective, whether that be, you know, painting the whole battlefield or, you know, getting a territory, capturing the flag, etc. Um, now, if you play Call of Duty, Halo, any modern first-person shooter, like, you don't have to be a genius to know that there's voice chat. And it's optional. Like, you don't, if you don't want to talk, you don't have to talk. If you want to talk, you can talk. If you want to listen, you can listen. Like, the there are options out there for everyone. So if you have a child and, and you don't want him hearing the N-word and Nazi and, and, and all this other stuff, then you turn that shit off. My problem with Nintendo is that they don't give you that option. They're like, nope. Voice chat, nope. And and like they, there's no there's no ability to talk to a stranger on Splatoon, unless you're friends with them. And even if you're friends with them, like the Switch does not have built-in voice chat connectivity. You have to use your smartphone, download an app, get a splitter, get headphones, and use that. So it's just a <laughs> bunch of bullshit just to say, hey, this guy's over here. Can we flank him? You know, it's it, it's 2018. It's not 2002 anymore, where it's like millions of dollars to you know do this like xbox was doing this and xbox 360 came out in 2005 and they had voice chat right off the bat all you needed was the the thing and you you plugged it in that was it so why is it so goddamn hard and difficult to talk to my friends that's in like wisconsin not everybody has friends who can you know come to their house and and that that for me is like one of the things that I loathe about Nintendo is that they're very archaic in their ways and very old school. And while that's good for some games like Mario, you don't have to voice chat in that. Like, that's a single player experience. But for other games, like, it hasn't caught up. Like, the, like they haven't caught up to the technology that's there today. And that's what pisses me off. Um, another great example, Mario Party. Amazing game. Amazing game that you can play with friends, you know oh, you stole my star, and stuff like that. It's like Nintendo's Monopoly, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, if I want to play with a friend who's, you know, not he doesn't even have to be from another state. He could be from, like, in Westchester or Yonkers, and I wanted to get together and play with them. I can't do that with online functionality. 
and like and today you can play fucking chess online on my smartphone. On my phone, I can play chess with somebody online. Why can't I play Mario Party with somebody online? You know, and the the only thing that they put in in that game is that you can play some fucking mini games. But that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is to go around the board, collect the stars, and fucking shit talk your friends. And I can't do that online, and it pisses me off. <laughs> and yet, I still buy this fucking shit. Like, <laughs> it's a love hate relationship with them, and I. It, it feels like you're just not being heard, so... It's not. I'm not. I, I'm definitely not. So you why, know? Why you... Because their games are fucking amazing. It's like... I feel like I'm in, like, an abusive relationship. Like, <laughs> I keep getting punched in the face and, you know, screamed at and yelled at. Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I keep coming back. And my friends are like, dude, you know, PS4... You, you gotta leave. PS4 yes, will get treat out of you there. right. Like, PS4 <laughs> got all of this and all of that. And, you know, she had her eye on you. And I'm like, no, but, you know, Nintendo, like, we've been down since day one. And I can't, I'm <laughs> blind to it. And yet, <laughs> they keep punching me in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's... It's uh, horrible. It is it? horrible. I mean, I am getting a PS4, but I already have a Switch. And... Yeah, no, no. I mean, we've <laughs> we've had conversations, and we've had conversations with other friends, and and everybody thinks I'm the bad guy uh-huh. because I say like Nintendo doesn't have great third party developers. No, nobody gives makes great Nintendo games. Nope. There's every system that always comes out with one great like violent Nintendo game. Yeah. So like uh, for example like uh the GameCube came out with Resident Evil Four, which then transitioned to the PS2. Yeah, and it, it, you can play Resident yeah. Evil Four on a fucking smartphone now. Like yep. it's on every system. Like Nintendo doesn't get shit. Even when they do get shit, they get shit on. Like when the Wii U came out, there was a game called Zombie U that came out that was supposed mm-hmm. to be like, oh my god, it's so mature and stuff like that. And they ported that damn game three years afterwards because Ubisoft was like the sales weren't there. So that that's that's one of the problems is that. Nintendo fanboys buy Nintendo games. I'm not buying a, a Switch to play Call of Duty. I can play that anywhere else. So that's why Activision is not going to bring Call of Duty to the Switch. That's why Ubisoft's not going to bring, bring Assassin's Creed to the Switch. Because they know for a fact that if it doesn't have the plumber with the fucking red hat in it, no one's buying it. <laughs> so, you know? I mean, that means it's the fans' fault. It, it is the fans' fault, but it's also Nintendo's fault. Like... I, I, what, what, my, um, my theory is, I take it all the way back to the SNES, right? It was the SNES and the Sega Genesis, and they were both, like, rivals or whatever, but SNES was kicking ass. Like, you had mad games, you had Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Without the Blood, you know, Super Mario World, Super Metroid, like, Link to the Past, they had hits upon hits. So, there was this this little-known publisher named Square Enix who started coming out with um, Final Fantasy games, right? And all the Final Fantasy were on the SNES. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, the PlayStation came around and the PlayStation introduced CD-ROMs and it was a lot easier to, you know, put music and put a lot more data on those discs than the the really hard cartridges that you have to blow in every three seconds. Mm -hmm. But Nintendo, being hard-headed, is like, oh, you know, we're not worried. Let's just make bigger fucking cartridges. And they made it in 64. And, you know, Final Fantasy was just like, or Square Enix was just like, why would we 
put something on that where we have to do two or three different fucking cards or do like like remember when the Nintendo 64 came out and you had to put like the thing in the middle of it so that you can play Donkey Kong I had to get something else to put onto it to play the game that you created <laughs> like, what kind of bullshit is that mm-hmm. so you know Square Enix is like let's go to PlayStation and Final Fantasy 7 one of the most highest sold highest rated games in like gaming history and it started on Nintendo and it switched over to Sony and Sony actually listened to their third party um, people mm-hmm. and it was like okay we'll help you out like you know the CD was so much easier to design for and you could you know have cutscenes and music and it didn't load as, as, as much as the N64 one did like the like Metal Gear Solid another prime example fantastic game on the PS1 and, and that's that's where I think like Nintendo kind of like you know, fell short because they they were just like, oh, let's just do what we want to do, you know? We, like, you know, but now they don't hold all the cards in the castles, but they still act like they do when they, that's not the case anymore. But I still blame the fans. Well, I mean, after, I, I like to blame, I still blame the fans because uh-huh. clearly what they're doing works. And they're not listening to you, and you're still buying a Switch. I know, and I'm still going to wait on a fucking long-ass line in the fucking winter cold for a game that I pretty much know is going to be amazing, but, like, it's it's like a cult. Like, I can't escape. You got to leave. <laughs> I can't. You got to. No. Because, <laughs> like, for me, all right, this is the thing. I, I've told people, and like, like I said before, everybody thinks I'm the bad guy. Mm. The only game that I actually play on the Switch is called Octopath. Octopath Traveler, right. Yeah. That's from Square Enix. Like, yes, oh. and that, that is a great game. Yeah. But I haven't found, like, I was told Breath of the Wild is great, yeah. but I'm not really, like, a Legend of Zelda fan. Mm, I like more of, like, the Game Boy Advance games for Legend of Zelda. That's just me. Yeah. But it's just... What, like, I bought a Switch because I got a deal. Yeah. There's nothing that I really want on the Switch. Yeah. I bought the Switch because it's portability. Yeah. And that's really it. And I, th- I just thought, hey, it's nice to have it. So if, like, I have my niece or nephew, mm-hmm. they want to play Mario Kart, Yeah. it's there. Right. But... I just feel like the Switch always, like, every Nintendo system always comes out with one good game for that system. Like, I'm going to say rated M game, Mm -hmm. and then that's it. And that's it, yeah. And that's, like, because the fans aren't supporting it, it's struggling. Yeah. So that's why there aren't any... To to be fair, though, like, the Nintendo Switch is selling a lot better than the Wii U. Like, I mean, the Wii U was terrible. The Wii U was a garbage system. I don't know... Like why they thought like that they had Nyota of a chance. Like I thought I thought it was a pretty innovative thing. It was like, okay, you can play your system on your TV mm-hmm. or you can take the tablet with you and you can play it in the bathroom. Yeah, like if your bathroom is like mine when it's like right there. If you go across the freaking thing, that shit turns off. <laughs> I feel like this was a prototype like this was what this the what this was the, what like the switch should have came out when the Wii U came out. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I that's what I believe. But I, I just think that, you know, as much as I love their games, like Nintendo is very hard headed and that's not gonna change because, you know, people love their weird uncles. I don't know why, but they do. They keep inviting them to the barbecue and, and, and you know, he keeps showing up drunk, but he's there, you know, we mm-hmm. love him, we give him some some burgers. Um Yeah, it's 
It's a, it's, a, it's such a love hate relationship. I I feel that, you know. Also, Nintendo has like a really bad habit of announcing things way too early. <coughs> like they'll like show a title screen and everybody will go fucking nuts. Like <laughs> like Nintendo does this thing called Nintendo Directs where they like show you like some games that are upcoming in the next three or four months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one that they were like, oh, this game called Animal Crossing is coming out next year. And it was literally a title screen saying Animal Crossing 2019. And the internet <laughs> blew the fuck up. They didn't show any gameplay. They didn't show any features. They didn't say, you know, it's out January of 2019. They just said 2019. Like, oh, it's coming. Be, be excited. And, and, and they do that all the time. And, and we eat that shit up. We're just like, it's coming? <laughs> really? Really? Like, Metro Prime 4? Like, Pokemon. Like, the Let's Go... Like, I'm sure you, you're following this news. Yeah. They're, they're doing, like, a kind of Pokemon Go-esque game on the, on the Switch. And it's more casual. It, it lacks some of the features that the mainline Pokemon games have. We're going back to Kanto for the fifth time. Um, and, and people are kind of like, eh, lukewarm on it. But, you know, Masuda said, hey... But there's Pokemon in 2019. Everybody's like, oh my god. Like, of course they're going to fucking make more games. It makes them money. Like, why are we so quick to jump on, you know, vaporware? That's what they call it. Um, like, stuff that they announced that doesn't exist yet. We're just like, oh my god, it's coming. Like, no other company does that. Well, mm, I wouldn't say that. But most other companies show you gameplay. Like, yeah, Kingdom Hearts... Never came out, but when they first announced it, they showed Sora jumping off the wall, even though the gameplay looked outdated. They showed something. They showed the Heartless. They showed Twilight Town. They showed something. They, it wasn't just like Kingdom Hearts, like whenever, TBD. At least, even though they're fucking us over, they showed something. They didn't just show a fucking title screen, and that's what Nintendo does. And uh, I don't know. I'm still going to buy their games. So I don't know why I'm see. complaining. No, I can see. I can see. I totally understand. But I'm going to bring this to an end. Okay. So can you tell me three people who you like and inspire you? Um, you mean like in real life, social media? Have anything. Anything. Anyone anything. who gets you motivated to do something. Okay. Let's see. Um, I've been following this one social media... Um, influencer her name is Lise Rose I don't know if you if you if you've uh, heard of her she makes like sketches kind of like um Instagram sketches like oh you know poor people be like this and rich people be like that but like she's like really wholesome like I, I follow her um like her her stories and like I watch some of her YouTube videos and like her story to where she was to where she is now is so inspiring um so I definitely would check that out I'm trying to think of who else I, like, am, like, inspired by. Uh, shit, I should have prepped. (laughs) I saw this coming because I just fucking listened to the podcast. Alright, if you don't have three, No, 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 no. I'm going to do this. Let's, let's go. Okay. (laughs) Someone else. Um, let's see. Am I allowed to look at my phone? Yes. Okay. So that's not cheating. But then, is it really that they inspire you if you have to look at your phone? Oh, you're right. <laughs> ah, that was a trick question. Ah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we're just gonna know. leave it as is. Yeah, it's okay. We're gonna leave it as is. <laughs> we'll come back. <laughs> All right. Yeah. To um, since you can do that, what gets you through doubt? Like you doubting yourself. So like, if I'm in a situation and I'm doubting myself, what gets mm-hmm. me through? I um, I, like, I saw this online somewhere. It was like. You know, if it's not going to matter to you in six months, then don't waste time on it. You know, don't waste time thinking about it. Like, sometimes I'm on the train and, like, you know, I'll get a little bit anxious because there's, like, so many people who are so crowded. Or, like, I walk past teenagers and they're laughing and I think it's about me. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do, you know? Yeah. Shit like, like, petty shit like that. Or, like, you know, a friend stops talking to me and I don't know what the fuck I did wrong. Like, if it's not going to affect me six months down the line, then I'm not going to waste a lot of time on it. I'm going to move the fuck on. Um, and, and that's kind of what's been getting me through up until this point because, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of hardship and a lot of, you know, things that are going to come your way that you kind of have to not pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so that's, that's how I get through that. All right. Yeah. So, well, I was going to ask you something different, but, you know, I'll keep that question. Any advice on anyone who's losing weight loss? Because I don't, I don't know the exact weight of how much you lost, Yeah. but I do know you steadily go to the gym Yes. and you do work out pretty often. Any advice on like how to keep going to the gym? Um, yes. So, um, I gained a lot of weight working at that office job because I was stressed as hell. I was drinking like two Red Bulls a day, which is full of caffeine and sugar and stuff like that. Um, I cut down on soda. Like the only soda that I like drink is like ginger ale if my stomach hurts. But like, you know, I've grown an entire acquired taste for like seltzer or I drink water or I'll like if there's if that's not available, then I'll get juice and I'll you know dilute it with some water. Um, but, like, my advice is just, like, just to go, like, make a habit of it. Um, you know, they say it takes, like, three weeks to make a habit of something. So, even if you go to the gym and you just do one workout and leave, if you do it every day, then your body's like, hey, we have to go to the gym, remember? Like, we did it all this other time and, you know, just keep going. Um, when, when I get there, though, I, I make sure that I, you know, hit at least, like, before I go there, I, I go there with a goal. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do X amount of cardio. I'm gonna do X amount of weightlifting. I'm gonna work on these body parts. Um, and if I don't get any of these done, then I'll rack it on to the next day. So there'll be times where, you know, some people are using the machines that I need to use and I can't use them. It, there's no problem with that because if they're not done in that time, I either go to the other machines until they're done or I'll just wait until tomorrow and do them. But like, I just find the motivation in, you know, making a habit out of it Yeah. Um, to do it. And also, like, it, it's all about diet, bro. Like, it's all calories in, calories out. Like, you can eat freaking Popeyes for the rest of your life. But as long as you eat the right amount of portions, um, you'll be fine. I mean, that don't take my word for it because I don't want to kill anybody. <laughs> don't eat Popeyes for the rest of your life. I'm just using an example because that shit is bad for your blood pressure. But, like... 
you don't have to cut out chocolate and ice cream. Like, and a lot of people think that, you know, you can cleanse your body. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Cleanse? You know, like, why would you want to cleanse your body? Like, your body's full of bacteria and, you know, all, all of this stuff to help you break down the food. So why are you going to fill it with, like, fucking cleansed tea? That shit doesn't work. Like, if you're just drinking cleansed tea, of course you're going to fucking lose weight because that's all you're drinking. You're depriving mm-hmm. yourself of the nutrients you need um so i would just say you know smaller portions everything in moderation and you know treat yourself sometimes like i don't i don't always eat healthy like i sometimes i have a pizza here and there um sometimes i have you know a cheeseburger or something that i'm, I'm craving but i know okay I, i've had that all right i got it out of my system and that's it but um yeah just making making habits out of you know like Cause it's not, it's not dieting. Like it's a lifestyle choice. Yeah. Like you can't just do it for two months and then that's it because, or else you're going to gain the weight back and then that's even worse. (laughs) Cause then you're like, damn, I was fucking thin. What happened? Um, yeah. That, all right. Making a habit of it. I see. Yeah. I need to do that. I mean, I made a habit of starting to drink water, but we're not talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know what? Two more, two more. Okay, all right, all right. What would you tell the younger you? Oh, God. <laughs> You've seen the younger me. <laughs> I like, need to go back one and thing, One and thing you would tell him, him oh, God. to do. Um, oh. I would say to my younger self, not like, hmm, not to dwell so much on losing people. Because I feel that you know, a, a lot of the times, well, a lot of people in general, they hold, you know, years of friendship over everything, right? So if I have a friend for five years, that's better than having a friend for three years, which is better than having a friend for one year. Um, and that's all fine as long as that friendship is, you know, beneficial to you. And it's not like, it's not like parasitic or toxic, Um so I would go back in time and, and tell myself, like, it doesn't matter who you know in the longest. It's just who you're more comfortable with. Um, and a lot of people make that mistake and they stay in these friendships and get guilted in these friendships because of time. When time is a man-made thing, it doesn't mean shit, you know? It, it, all, it, all that matters is who you feel the most comfortable with. Um, and I feel like, like growing up, I spent way too much time wondering what I did wrong in a friendship that I've had for so long. And I'm still dealing with that today because um, I'm a fucking control freak. But I, I've learned to, to deal with it better. That's what I'm saying. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, where can people find you? Um, my first and last name, Jolie Yanni. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. All the same Reddit. name all the way through. All the way through. No underscores, no capital, no... Three instead of the E, just that. That's great. Just All right. That. Yeah. It's great to have you on. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot. This was uh, kind of therapeutic. Um, <laughs> I really, when do I when do I bill you for therapy? <laughs> I really I really hope I get to see content oh, God. from you. I'm really pushing for that. So hopefully we. I hope so, my listeners also get to. <laughs> Enjoy your content. So I could be the next fucking Markiplier. Of yes. Smash. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. All right.
we'll see. If you made it to the end and enjoyed, don't forget to subscribe or follow to get updated when I post a new episode. If you really did enjoy it, post it on Instagram, post it on Facebook, and tag me on it because I would really enjoy feedback and I hope your friends would also enjoy this podcast. Till then, see you guys next week.